Okay, welcome to episode 68 of the United Pubcast, the latest podcast done in self-isolation because we are a podcast to follow the rules, unlike the 30,000 people that congregated on Bondi Beach on the weekend. But um, we've got a little bit of a crowded house tonight, not just Larry, but also a loyal listener of the podcast, Vin. How are you, mate? Doing good, trying to keep sane. So yeah, how about yourself? Yeah, good, good, good. Trying to, um, I didn't perfect it, but I did the toilet roll. Actually, I don't think it's called the toilet roll challenge. It's called the stay-at-home challenge. Um, a lot harder than it looks. Larry, have you? I think I nominated you as the next um, recipient of that challenge. Have you tried it yet? I haven't seen any evidence, or are you still actually looking for a roll of toilet paper? Yeah, um, well, I have some good news, Tom. In these very uncertain times, I'm glad to say I found uh, I found some bog rolls yesterday at my local Coles. Can I tell you where they put them, right? Because they they know people are vultures, and if they see them in where the toilet paper is, it'll be gone within two seconds. Put them in the fridge. So section, they actually they? put it in the confectionery. <laughs> so uh, my mum and I happened to be walking through, you know, looking for something sweet to take home, and but what do you know, bog roll. So I thankfully have four rolls. So that'll cover me up until next week's podcast when I need to complain again. Okay, Larry's on top of that, everyone. So if you can't find any, look in aisle, what, aisle's confectionery, like usually three or four or something. So have a look there if you cannot find it elsewhere. Now to start off this podcast, something again a little bit lighthearted. A question was sent through on the Facebook page by um, Adam, who was on the podcast last week. Um, he said, here's a question for everyone. He was just watching the Juventus v United match in 99. And Inzaghi got round Yapstam a few times. So his question was, and I'll come to you first, Vin, who would win a fight between Stam and Schmeichel? Ooh, uh, I would say Yapstam. Yapstam? Look, yeah, I, for that, sure. For me, that has to be the correct answer. Cause, and I just think Schmeichel would just be, he'd be too wild. He'd, he'd come in like a raging bull where you look Yapstam, you'd, you'd think he'll be quite calculated and technical and you look at Obviously, the Dutch have a fine sort of kickboxing sort of history. So I think they like, just start chopping Schmeichel's legs. And obviously, Schmeichel's famous for his hands. And I think Roy Keane even dropped Peter Schmeichel once in a... I think there's a famous story. I don't know, maybe didn't drop him, yep. but definitely landed a punch or two in an altercation. Um, Larry, are you picking uh, Peter Schmeichel or Yap Stam? Yap Stam would headbutt Schmeichel between the <laughs> eyes. And I'm pretty sure by the time he wakes up, this whole pandemic will be over. And I think that uh, is it. Well, yeah, Yep Stam 3 0 there. Um, that's a good 10 8 round to Yep Stam there. Now, we might as well get into the podcast, three minutes in. But everyone has read the heading of the podcast. Um, something a little bit different because obviously there is no football and we have searched and searched for news, but there's just no news. There is absolutely nothing we can find. There's only so many times we can talk about Pogba's future. So we're going to go back, and Emma suggested a topic. the... Um, Secretary of the Man United Supporters Club here in Sydney. She um, actually sort of put forward two or three really good ideas for podcasts in the future, but we're just going to do her first suggestion today, which was rate all the posts for Alex Ferguson signings. And by God, I've got them all written down here, and there is a lot of them. <laughs> you don't realise how many there actually were. And it's, it, obviously we're not going to go through all the youth signings that came through, all the youth players that promoted or just the first um, the first team arrivals. And obviously won't touch on the outs or anything. Maybe that's a podcast for another day. But I think we're just debating there. We don't know a rating out of 10 or a rating out of 5 or sort of a success, whether they're a success or not, whether they're a failure or if the jury's still out, if they're maybe still at the club, etc. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll just discuss individually and some might give them a rating, some might say a failure. We'll just cross those hurdles as we go. But... um. Sit down, grab a beer, because there are a lot of players. Um, actually, quite surprised looking at all the numbers. But we will start off, and quite an interesting um, one, which is always, I think, will be a trivia question in 20, 30 years' time. And I'll go to you, Larry. Um, David Moyes era. Who was David Moyes' first signing? <laughs> it's an easy one, mate. <laughs> um, Marwan Fellaini. Okay, Larry is on zero points. Um, Vin, can you help him out? Do you know the correct answer? I Sorry, I, I know it's... the right answer. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, look we'll, at me. So we'll, arrogant. We'll see if Vin's got it. 
Oh, I always, I always thought Marwan Fellaini was uh, his first signing, or was it Tony Cruz? <laughs> well, well, I think David Moyes will have people believe it was Tony Cruz. But, um, yeah, look, yeah, look, yeah. Fellaini, we'll get into Fellaini because obviously he's the first, um, I'd say, United oh, connection sure. who has fallen ill of this coronavirus. But we'll get into Fellaini in a little bit. But yeah, one for the trivia buffs out there. The first signing of the David Moyes era was obviously Varela, the Uruguayan oh, fullback. Oh, damn it. That's what I was going to oh, say. Now, I don't think mm. we have to spend too much time on Varela. He came in occasionally, I think, under Van Hal and did quite well. I remember that famous the Marcus Rashford game against Arsenal. He played right back there, and he was in, in and around the team during that injury crisis and did and did quite well, but he's just one of those players that never quite um, never quite got going. He spent a little bit of time on loan at certain clubs, but when he came back to United, never really got going. So I don't think we really need to stick any time on Varela. But as you both just said there, the big man who currently, or unfortunately, has coronavirus, Marwan Fellaini, I think is a good place to start because he almost has symbolised signings in the post-Fergie era. So, um, Vin, as the guest, we'll get your thoughts first. Marwan Fellaini, the big Belgian tree. Um, well, first ever signing, we expected a lot of them coming in through, and what we finally got at the, uh, during the deadline day was Marwan Fellaini. It was a bit frustrating to watch him because uh, under Moes, because he was played a bit deep rather than a bit uh, up front in the behind the strikers as he was playing for Everton. Uh, but yeah, he was one of the few players uh, who turned out to be the one who could give his life for, especially for Jose Mourinho. And uh, a little fun fact, he is the only United player to score in three semifinals. Uh, he scored in the semifinals uh, of FA Cup, which we won. And he also scored in the semifinals of the Europa League. And also in the semifinals uh, which, uh, of the FA Cup the next year, where, uh, not the next year, two years later, which we lost against Chelsea. So I would give him a 5 out of 10 because he... Though he was a bit lethargic to watch every now and then, he did churn up some good performances, especially some crucial goals. So, yeah, I would give him a 5 out of 10. I think look, look, everything you said there is correct, but I think a 5 might be harsh. And I think the perception is that, yes, he was bad, etc. But I think if you look at it, take away the signing, take away him sort of symbolising the Moyes era, I think if you look at his contribution, especially compared to his teammates in that period, because obviously it's been a sort of... A quite a um, disappointing period that he's come into the club in. He's contributed well in terms of goals. Okay, it hasn't been easy on the eye. And a, a lot of the times, a lot of the sort of questions that we've raised against players in the past couple of seasons has been that effort. But as you just mentioned, Fellaini can never question the effort. So um, I remember when we were doing the Team of the Decade podcast um, a couple of months ago, Larry and I, I was almost toying with the idea of putting Fellaini in the Team of the Decade. Obviously, there's... 99% of players have got more quality than him. But if you look at his contribution, I think over the decade he's been um, one of our better signers, one of our better players. And um, what are your thoughts, Larry? On my one Fellaini? Yeah, well, well, on his signing in general, like, in terms of do you think it was a good sign? Oh, do you think it's I mean, an underwhelming sign? It's a strange one. Like, he. He's obviously, look, to your point, he's not a technically good footballer. Um, the signing was underwhelming. In my opinion, I remember at the time thinking, bloody hell. But in saying that, there was a part of me that was a little bit optimistic. I don't know about you guys, but whenever we sign someone you don't know about, do you almost have like this false sense of insecurity, I almost want to say, where something in your brain goes off where it's like, oh, but you know what? Maybe they'll come good. Maybe they'll be world-class. For me, I'd do it with every single signing we have, even if they're pure rubbish. Yeah, I think, I think that's out. natural. I think um, every signing you want to have, that, and I think it just comes from hope, uh, sort of a, a natural hope you have that they're going to be the, the next big thing, etc. Um, yeah, I think a part of me hoped Fellaini would start pinging balls around like Paul Scholes. I, I can confirm that it never happened. But um, look, if we're being real, I think he's he was actually a pretty good signing for us. Um, Vin highlighted all the goals he scored. If he was a squad player, I think there would have been no issue. I think, unfortunately for him, he came in under Moyes, and because he was the only signing until January, he was just highlighted as the problem, where unfairly, he, the blame just kind of fell on him, and he just had become a scapegoat ever since. So, But power to him. I think he did well at United for what he's capable of, and you can't say he's been a failure. It's definitely been, was a successful signing for me. 
Yeah, well, I, th- I think overall, and I think Fellaini's probably one that is going to spark the most debate, so I've spent a little bit of time on Fellaini. But I think overall, in terms of Man United, you'd say he's, you wouldn't call him a success. But in, in regards to his individual contribution in that period, in terms of what's been quite a low point for United, I think you'd almost say he's been quite a success, or was quite a success. But um, yeah. an interesting one there, Fellaini. Now, obviously, fast forward a few months to Juan Mata, who was actually the, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was the club record signing at the time. He was about 35, 36 million. And obviously... Correct. Yep. A, very, a lot different to the Fellaini arrival. Obviously, his arrival, he came in on the helicopter, we signed him for club record from Jose Mourinho. There was a big... And look, no one needs to sort of blow his own horn as much as I do, but... It was a, almost felt like a PR sign-in at the time. Like the club was going so bad, did we really need a player like Matter? We had Rooney played in that position. We already had Van Persie up front, so did we need to spend a club record amount in that area of the pitch? And um, it was almost, in my opinion, to make up for the Fellaini sign-in, which was quite a debacle at the time in those first few months of the season. Matter was almost really just to sort of try and help David Moyes' PR. Just wondering your thoughts, Vin. Mata is uh, the humble one. I always call him like, you know, if you, about Tony Stark's great words, I would say he's genius, millionaire, playmaker, philanthropist. He is top guy. He's a top, top guy with one of the greatest attitudes. He's one of those players people can never dislike. And uh, first winter signing post uh, Fergie. And uh, he just went up the charts, especially after his brace at Anfield. And uh, one of the better signings we made post Fergiera, I would give Juan Mata eight out of ten. Yeah, well, I think well that um, the anniversary though was it four years or five years? I think it was five years. Was it of the which you just said there the double at Anfield? I was watching that on Optus Sport the other day. So Optus yeah. who take it upon themselves to shit on United at every chance they get. I would like to thank them for giving us some type of highlight on the weekend, which was good to watch. Um, Larry, anything to add on the special one? Uh, no. Fantastic player. Um, look, did we need him at the time? I agree with you. I actually think we didn't. Um, it was probably the position we were well served, but to his credit, you know, cream rises to the top at the end of the day, and the fact he's still at United speaks volumes. He's a quality player, and I'm glad we still have him, to be honest. Yeah, well, I think you look at it, and again, no one's a bigger fan than, than myself, but he's come into a time, obviously, at the start of that period post-Fergie, where overall the team hasn't performed well, so it's been quite a low point for a lot of the players. But I think if you look at his contribution individually, I think he can definitely hold his head up high, and I would say probably a good 7 out of 10, I guess, maybe 7.5 out of 10. Um, obviously, my person, I would say 10. But um, looking at it realistically, I think um, it's a, ve- a very good signing, I'd say, especially for a club record fee, which is obviously a lot of pressure. Now, David Moyes was not given any more opportunities to um, buy players. Obviously, he was gone later that season, and obviously LVG came in and obviously did splash the cash. Um, which player will we start off? I think we'll start off with Luke Shaw, Larry. Anything on... God, well, there's another one. This might take 10 minutes. We'll try and keep it short on Luke Shaw. Let's see how we go. You talk about players who split opinion. Um, he splits opinion because he can be brilliant one game and absolutely rubbish the next. Luke Shaw is very inconsistent, um, and I think that's been the biggest issue. His first year was quite disruptive, um, inconsistent, but he was very young. At the time, he was a teenager when we signed him, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. 18, 19 years of age. I'd say so, yeah. Young man and... Um, but, however, the second season under Van Gaal, him and Memphis on that left-hand side were a high point. Um, he was playing unreal. He, he, attacking, he was brilliant. Defensively, very fit. Um, he was a lot slimmer than what he looks like he is now. Um, and then, unfortunately, that leg break happened. And I think for a lot of us, it's been a case of, okay, once he gets over this leg break, he'll be all right. I don't think it's a physical issue for sure. I think it's all mental and it comes down to discipline. I don't think he's as fat as people claim he is. Um, however, he definitely has carried some timber. Um, as I just alluded to earlier, if you looked at him from when we signed him to now, it's a completely different body shape. Um, granted, he was younger, but I think if he's just lost, the f- if he just drops a few kilos, I think he'll actually be a lot better. And to his credit, I think he's played really well. Possibly in the last month, we've started to see that good form again. So for me, jury's still out. Um, 
I'm not convinced, but I think we're starting to see a positive upturn in form, which hopefully means he can be a, uh, be a success rather the next time we do this. Pretty much echoed my thoughts exactly. How about yourself, Vin? Uh, completely agree with whatever points uh, Larry had mentioned. He was really, really going good uh, until the tackle, uh, and he did one. Uh, he did win the Matt Busby Player of the Year award. Uh, apart from a uh, few in case uh, if he turns down a bit uh, on the weight and then uh, if he put in some good performances a bit more consistent, especially with Brandon Williams giving him a chase uh, for his position, he would be really he would be really a, a long-standing player for United. Uh, I would give him a 6 out of 10. But yeah, it, he still needs to up his, uh, you know, pull up his socks and, you know, play week in and week out and give everything for the club. Now, LVG did like a left-footer, so another two left-footer defenders will go on to. We'll go on to first, um, well, he's technically still at the club, but obviously out on loan, Marcus Rojo. Now, put your love to, for the guy aside, obviously he's sort of almost a cult hero. Um, absolutely love the guy, he's an absolute nutcase, and I think every United team really does need an Argentinian in the team, especially one who'll sort of just go to war for you. But I think Rojo came for a little bit of money. I forget what it was. Probably less than $20 million, was it? $15, 20000000 million sort of thing. Um, I'd probably say... Look, I wouldn't say the signer was a failure, but it was definitely, like I'd say, a 4 out of 10 sort of thing. Who reckons anything different? Oh, mate. I, I don't know. Did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed this morning or just you're not feeling well? What's going on? I shouldn't, well, I've I shouldn't say that at these times, should I? Yeah, I think you're just staying in, indoors too much, mate. I think... Blind was fantastic for United. Um, yeah, well, I'll get on to Blind. I'm talking about Marcus Rojo here. What side of the bed did you wake up on? Oh, jeez. Well, <laughs> what am I going on about? Daily Blind, sorry. Um, Marcus Rojo was a good signing for United. Um, I actually think when he's played, just hear out my case, right? I actually think Rojo played well for United. The issue is he was injured or pulled out so much that he just never got any consistency going. But the thing is, like, it just depends how, how we're going critique, to critique this one because if you look at his actual performances when he played, I, I don't recall any games where he was shocking by any means. Like, I thought, especially when he played at centre-half, he was actually quite good for he United. much better at centre-back than when he was put out on the left, much better. Yeah, 100% agree with that. But for me, I'm just if I'm judging on the player on when he's played, he's been good. But I, I do understand your perspective as well of, you know, his injury record does have to come into account because yeah, he was injured so you, much. You do, you do have to sort of weigh up everything. If, if you look at just performances, yeah. that's one thing. But And I, I don't like the price, but sometimes you'll have to take into consideration a player's price, their injury record. It's, I think it's all part of when you're evaluating if a transfer was good or if it wasn't good. But um, Vin, what do you reckon about Rojo? Yeah, I was going to give him four out of ten too. Uh, I can still not believe how on earth he was never sent off he was always a rash kind of a player but yeah but his intent and his attitude whenever he wore uh, the red jersey was really top-notch and he actually gave it all and i still remember he picked up a fight somewhere in the europa league i'm not sure which game and probably i think it's against real society or something but yeah he was i think he wasn't even playing there uh, probably a bummer uh, but yeah, four out of ten for. Um, yeah, it's been a while uh, since we had an Argentinian in this team. Right now, we don't have anyone, I guess, apart from Romero. Yeah, well, he is there, but um, we'll get on to Larry, who did jump the gun. Yes. Um, oh yeah, Dutchman Daly Blind, the other left-footed defender you're thinking about. <laughs> Blind, uh, I think we'll all agree he was fantastic. Um, it's a. Sh- I actually think if you put him in Solskjaer's system now. He's the sort of player that Solskjaer would absolutely love. Um, if I look at, and I know our midfield has seen an upturn in form, but I would love to see Daily Blind. Like, if you put a player, uh, you know, in the hole in this team, I think Blind would be perfect. Um, even out the back, like if you thought Maguire and Blind, that would actually be a good partnership. Not the quickest, but if you're thinking of ball distribution and the way United want to play, is the prospect of that. But I digress. Um, I think Blind was fantastic for United, particularly in that. First season under Mourinho, um, on the path on to the Europa League, he was brilliant. There were times where he he pocketed. I remember we versus Everton and he pocketed Lukaku, and I'm just you're thinking a, a man of that stature. 
I, I've got all the time in the world for those small footballers who aren't the quickest, aren't the strongest, aren't the biggest. But because they've got it going on upstairs, they're just ahead of others on the pitch. And that's Staley Blind in a nutshell. Yeah, well, for me, i just clearly just say, I'm not going into too much, you're just a successful signer for me, 100%. What about you, Vin? Yeah, I fell in love with Daily Blind uh, after his pass to uh, Van Persie in the World Cup. And uh, when uh, we, I got to know that we signed him, I was uh, very much hype. Uh, he was he was underrated and he was underused uh, during his time at United, uh, but he was a wonderful asset to the team. And as Larry said, Solskjaer would love him to have him in the team and in the starting lineup uh, with with the current setup. And uh, I would I would give Daily Blind a six out of ten. Ooh, a bit harsh, but yeah, I, I think six still a good mark. But um, I think one that I think will be relatively um, in agreement with um, Ander Herrera, who's obviously gone on PSG and done absolutely nothing, so he should have stayed at United. But Ander Herrera, who I think maybe when we come into the end of the, end of the um, podcast and we discuss our best and worst, I haven't actually given it much thought. I think he could be close to our best sign in post-Fergie, but um, that's in my opinion. Um, what are your thoughts, Larry? Um, I like Torreira. Not brilliant, like technically speaking, um, but I just I love a good shit house, and that was Herrera. Uh, whenever he played hard on his sleeve, um, you know, when we every time he was brought in, United did well, but for some reason just never found consistency in the lineup. But for me, a successful signing. Um, it's a shame he's left, but it's nothing much more I can really add. Care to add anything, Vin? Yeah, he was uh, he was pretty good for us, and he did the job whenever or wherever he was put in, and whenever he was asked to support. I still remember him spatting on uh, uh, the city logo at Etihad. So yeah, I would, uh, he was he was a pretty good player. I would still rate him like a six or a seven, probably a six point five. But I might have to reevaluate. I've just said he's potentially my best signing in, in this era, and you you both said he's very good signing, but. Not too excited, so I'll have to have a look at that in a couple of names' time. Now, someone who, I don't know, will he be at the top of your list, Larry? Di Maria as a successful signing? Oh, jeez. No? Um, well, yeah. Well, if, if you're, um, you know, um, shopping for a pet snake, I think Di Maria fits the bill perfectly. But when he played, well, especially the way he started at United, he was so good, but... He just dropped off. And you know what? When he played, again, just uh, like Rojo, when he played, he actually played well. I think the issue was he got played a striker and right wing and centre-back and goalkeeper. And <laughs> obviously, I'm exaggerating the, lo- the last few points there. But he just got pulled in and out. He was unsettled. He didn't want to be there. And I think that ultimately led to his departure. But it's definitely a failure. Record signing at the time, left a year later. That's a failure all day long. Yeah, 100%. What about you, Vin? Yeah, same. It's a failure. I would give him a one out of ten. Uh, though I did have some uh, sympathy for him and his house got burgled and stuff like that. But then uh, he was more like a crybaby uh, when he, whenever he wasn't playing. And uh, the things he did when uh, he visited uh, Old Trafford uh, in the Champions League game, uh, mm-hmm. he, uh, he lost uh, all his respect. So, yeah, the one I'm giving him is for the dink against Leicester. Yeah, beautiful goal that. And when we're full of hope, I thought we all thought Louis Van Hal was going to go on to win the league after we took that lead. Then um, I think it was Clattenburg did um, didn't give that free kick on Raphael and Leicester end up um, getting that comeback to win 5-3. So, yeah, and yeah, that was the end of Raphael. So um, Van Hal has yeah. a lot to answer for, answer for there. Was he wearing the number seven? Yeah, uh, he was, yeah. He did? Oh, crap. Another list of the famous number sevens. But um, yep. obviously... Obviously, universal failure. Everyone has pretty much the exact same thoughts on Di Maria. And to another big sort of failure that gets treated a little bit more differently. Maybe Obviously, a lot of context goes into it, but Radamel Falcao obviously was only on loan and it was a failure. It didn't work out. But my God, like there was just that hope and excitement and we thought we had something. It just never went. And like, the same with Di Maria. It didn't happen for Di Maria. But we held a lot of resentment with De Marie in terms of the way he went about it, etc. Falcao, there was that love for him, but it just—he was woeful. He was—he was horrible in front of goal. Yeah, he—he he just didn't work out. Every time he scored, like you held hope. There was a period 
I want to say there was two back-to-back games where he did score goals. Um, I don't remember who they were against, but he scored four and there was back-to-back games where he scored two or there was one in three or something and it just never happened for him, unfortunately. And that was the one you oh, you were dying to work out, but unfortunately he didn't. And yeah, for me, that's definitely a failure again. Uh, he was a one out of ten. He was horrible. Well, I remember when he signed, you know, you, we all do it. We all go and watch the YouTube compilations, etc. I remember watching a video, I think it was eight or nine minutes long of his goals. And this wasn't eight or nine minutes of just his goals. These were eight or nine minutes of his goal of the season contenders. Like eight, eight minutes of bicycle kicks. Like it was unbelievable the quality of the goals this guy scored. And obviously it didn't, didn't eventuate at Old Trafford. Um, anything to add on Falcao, Vin? Uh, no, nothing much. It's just the injury. He's, he was a top, top player when he was at his prime. But yeah, it's just too bad he got injured and never got a chance to prove himself uh, at United. And, uh, yeah, I think the injury played a lot with his head. I would give him a 1 out of 10. Now, someone, I don't, I don't think we need to rate the next player, but someone who often gets overlooked as a signing post-Fergie. Anyone remember the leader of the drug cartel, Victor Valdez? Oh, gosh. You, you, that is one you forget. Um, and because I've forgotten him, that's a failure, mate. <laughs> he actually did quite well, but he fell out with Van Hal. Um, and then yeah. he obviously went up to, or took it to Van Hal, and Van Hal said he refused to play for the reserves, etc. And then he posted his photo on his Twitter of all the games he had been playing for the reserves. So, um, yeah, I think it's hard for any goalkeeper coming in when um, De Gea is there. But I think less said about Victor Valdez, the better. They're going on to Louis Van Hal's second season, where again, splash the cash. And we'll, I think we'll start on, well, he's a current player. We'll start on the backup goalkeeper um, topic, Sergio Romero. I think I think it's pretty basic. We'll call it, for a backup goalkeeper, he's been a, almost a raging success. He's won the Europa League for us, or was part of that squad that won the Europa League. So um, I think easy success for Romero. Yeah, no doubt. Um, been good for United, reliable. Wouldn't complain if he was our number one. Now, one that look it will go down as a failure, but we'll see who wants to add a little bit more to it. Bastian Schweinsteiger, what are your thoughts, Vin? Bastian Schweinsteiger, oh, too much uh, hype. And but but the, when we signed him, I got to know like I, I was quite sure that we are doing a mistake because he was past his prime. He was more injured. I would give Bastian Schweinsteiger probably two. Out of 10, and I'm being generous over here. Uh, yeah, because he was never there. He was never there at all. He was always like jet setting or either in rehabilitation or uh, supporting his uh, wife playing tennis. But yeah, he was never there for the club. He was never there for the team. So yeah. I disagree with that. I think he's been good. And I remember Ryan Giggs came out and said in terms of he's never really seen a player arrive at a club. And obviously, Bastian Schweins is a big player and at a big club up Bayern Munich experience. Giggs always spoke about he's never seen a player come in and understand and get what Manchester United is in terms of lending his experience on to other players. So, well, each their own opinion. I, I strongly disagree with that, but I understand. I, I probably can understand how you, it looks like that, though, because there was a lot of times he was injured, and when he was injured, it's not like a Marcus Rashford here who's always at the club, is always is injured, and it was like the Paul Pogba situation where he's away from the club. And yeah, I do understand what you mean by that. But yeah, I think when you rate it on the pitch, yeah, it, it just didn't work out. We signed him, God, probably 10 years too late, not even five years too late. Yeah. Um, it was just a shame what happened. So I think it goes down as a failure, obviously. But I think, um, you know, I still, I still like Schweinsteiger. It's just, just a shame. Now, the Italian, which was quite an unknown signing at the time, um, Matteo Damian, Larry, not too fond of the Italian. Uh, started well, went to the Emirates, and Alexis Sanchez ended oh, yeah, his career. Yeah. Um, and on that, full stop, like, he just, he came in and out and stayed at United for two seasons too long. Um, he's, he's gone, gone now, you, and you, I wish him all the best, there, but he was yeah. a failure. Those last two seasons, you completely forgot he was there. He'd play, like, once every six months. Um, yeah, I think he definitely goes down as a failure. What about you, Vin? Yeah, uh, he was. Uh, I would deem him as a failure too. He was. Uh, his, uh, whenever he played, he was overlooked, and yeah, Alexis Sanchez entered his career for sure. Yeah, he was underwhelming, and uh, I think the high point for him was the Europa League final. 
apart from that, yeah, nothing. I would give him a three mm. of ten. No. Just, just to, yeah. Yeah, well, I think I'd say he contributed in terms of especially anyone who's part of a team that wins a European trophy. You've got to sort of hold your hat off to them. But, um, yeah, I think most would agree that he's a failure. Now, someone who is a definite failure. And, so, again, I, I kind of like all these failures like, when they're playing for the club. But um, you can't hide from the fact uh, Morgan Schneiderlin didn't... Because I remember he scored... I think he scored two in two 1-0 wins against us for Southampton or definitely was involved in two 1-0 wins for Southampton against United. And you thought, okay, here's a player who's going to come in and not a big name, but just someone who's going to really do a job in midfield for Man United. And, um, yeah, did not happen at all for the Frenchman. No, it didn't. Uh, He just never got going. And even Everton fans, now they don't love him. Just again, it just goes back to why United are where they are now. It's just poor recruitment. He was good for Southampton, but that doesn't always mean that you can transcend that form into a a bigger club and unfortunately i think for a lot of players at united it's a matter of you know the pressure of playing for a big club the pressure of winning every week it has nothing to do with ability but half the game's mental and schneiderland just didn't handle it yeah what, what do you what do you reckon Vin? anything on schneiderland or uh or no it's said? the same as what larry had mentioned schneiderland and Francesco, they were both signed like quite close and we had a lot of great expectations from them but yeah uh, nah, too bad, man. Too, too bad season. And uh, yeah, we would give him a 2 out of 10. Now, again, this window was not a good one for Van Hal because another failure, uh, Memphis Depay, obviously came with a lot of hype. Everyone thought he was the sort of the next big superstar. I think he's off the back of a World Cup. I think he scored against Australia at the World Cup in the other year. But um, came with a lot of hype. Obviously, PSG were hotly interested in him, but we, Van Hal was sort of that Dutch connection, got the signing over the line. I think he started well. And I don't even think he started well. He looked like he started well because he had that flair. He, he was always on the ball. He looked like he's involved. Looked at obviously a quality player as he's sort of shown in France. But um, always got the feeling with Dubai. He, I don't know if it was because he got the seven shirt, but he just looked too big for his boots. So he, he, very arrogant. Very I'm the big man. I'm going to make it here. This is my club. I'm going to be the next Ronaldo because I got the seven shirt. Walking around with his chest puffed out and. I just don't think he got one. And obviously, he cared for United. He's obviously walked around in all the United shirts, the David Beckham shirts, etc. But I just thought mentally, he was just didn't have what it took to make it at United. Agreed. I got nothing else to add on that. Spot on. Anything? Yeah, he was complete failure. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was. He could have done more. I wish he was one of those uh, guys who could have uh, given more to the club. Uh, but yeah, he was too much focused on his lifestyle rather than uh, the game, his game. So yeah, now he's just making rap videos and doing some charity. Yeah, I'll give him a four out of ten. Uh, but uh, in case if we are still short of a striker and if he can mend his ways, I would still want him back. Like yeah, well, because well, we yeah, still have. He's one of those names that everyone's sort of always linking him yeah. with a return. I think it's quite lazy, but um, you never know that there was rumors of the club potentially trying to include some type of clause to get him back at a cheaper price but i think those are often sort of blown a little bit out of proportion in the media but um you never know he definitely could make his way back to england for someone and look we've done it with pogba before so there's not not saying we're not going to do it with memphis now someone who some people will be jury still out etc and um wondering your thoughts actually we'll start with you larry might as well um tony anthony martial Jury's not out. The only jury that's out is if when's he going to win the Ballon d'Or, mate? Well, Brilliant. United United are going to have to pay the full transfer fee if he wins the Ballon d'Or. I think Martial does have in- inconsistencies, but I think this season, despite what people say, I think he's actually played really, really well. Um, for every time he's played, he's he's been... He's been a good player for me. Under Mourinho, he just came in and out. And, you know, I, I, to be honest, when, when Mourinho came in, you just saw, like, that could be a player who you feel like Mourinho wouldn't really take a shine to. Um, but to his credit, towards the end of Mourinho's reign, he was on the, he was on the first name on the team sheet because he couldn't stop scoring. And I think this year he's struggled um, only in the sense that there's been no creativity behind him. But you've seen that with creativity behind him, he's been brilliant. And it, even, in fact, I'd go a step further and say if you look at 
what he's done in terms of um, the period with him and Rashford interchanging uh, in Mourinho's second season, um, and even this season, Rashford's peak in form came when Martial came back into the team. I don't think that that's a coincidence. Jury's not out for me. Martial's as a successful, a successful signing, rather. It's just how how highly do people rate him when he came in? Did people expect him to be a Ballon d'Or winner one day? If if that's your standard of a signing, then yeah, you can say the jury's out. I think he has the capability to be a world-class player, but a successful signing nonetheless. Yeah, no, I pretty much agree with that. What about you, Vin? So I would give Martial a 7 out of 10. Why? Because though he got all the talents in his in his boots and in his head, uh, sometimes he's a bit inconsistent, but it is not because of... Uh, of his own skill set is because of the lack of creativity around him, as Larry rightly mentioned. Uh, but in case if we are going to mention him on the same page as an Mbappe or probably even, uh, uh, you know, a Lotaro Martinez, uh, he needs to get his goals tally up and he is really improving this season. And it would be a treat to watch next season in case if Pogba stays and Bruno is going to be into and if Rashford's back up then, yeah, they're going to rake in some goals and then we can probably pay off the remaining full transfer fee to AS Monaco. Okay, we'll now move on to, obviously, Van Hal didn't get any more money, so we went on to someone who definitely needs money to manage, Jose Mourinho, and he obviously did go out and splash the cash. I don't. Do we need to touch on Pogba? We've had the, we have the Pogba debate every week. Um, Vin, your thoughts on Pogba? Pogba... Well, he could still be much better than what he believes he can be and uh, or what he believes he is. He's a wonderful player at his best, but I don't consider him as much of a team player. wouldn't miss him if he leaves, and uh, uh, unless the money is invested in the right areas. I would give him a 6 out of 10, but yeah, I Ooh, think I can rate him harsh. more. I know, I know, but you know, uh, we are rating him like not just about his time on the pitch, but his all-round uh, aspects that he brings to the club. And this Raiola Circus sometimes ruins it. But in case if that wasn't there, I would have easily given him an 8. Probably well, I'm being harsh. Well, yeah, they, I, you, Larry, you say that's harsh where he says 6 out of 10, but you think he's one of those players where someone could easily give him a 7 or 8 out of 10, but I could see someone easily giving him a 1 out of 10. So I don't know what's harsh, what's not harsh. I think so many different people fall... It's sort of extreme ends of the scale with Pogba. Um, I think for me, you've just got to say jury's out because me personally, in terms of on pitch, I'd say he's been a success. If you take the whole package into it, you could definitely argue that he's just been a complete failure. But it's how you argue um, what you want out of a signing. So, um, you know, but obviously, you think six out of ten is harsh. I think if I'm looking at the player for what he's done on the pitch, seven seven point five is probably the sweet spot. But look, I, taking into account what you've said is what did we sign? And I'm, again, I made this point with Martial. Where do you rank the player? Pogba, you have signed to be a Ballon d'Or class player. He's capable of it, 100%. I think if you look at the potential of Pogba versus De Bruyne, I think... Pogba's actually got the tools to be a better player simply because of his physicality. But he just doesn't do it consistently enough. He could carry United, and I think, to your point, if he stays and he can oversee a title-winning period, then, yeah, that's probably where success is. So based on based on that argument, I'll say jury's out, but I think on his performances alone, I'm giving him an 8 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll have another 15 podcast debating Pogba, Pogba's future, Rayola, his performances. So I think we'll skip over Pogba because that's enough. The Frenchman for today. Now on to who else from that side? We'll go uh, Eric Bailly, who currently is fit, but he's fit because he's in self-isolation. There's no one to actually injure him. So um, I'll start on Eric Bailly. I think it's one of those ones where you have to take into account the injuries and I I think the obvious answer is the jury's still out. But in terms of when he's on the pitch, I would say he's been a success, but he's just never on the pitch. Um, what are your thoughts, Vin? But he, I think he's one of those players who's been in the medical room more than he's been on the pitch. And 
He's been brilliant when he started, but then the injuries and when he was injured, he was uh, he had some frustration, which led to him earning some fouls and some cards, and then he got injured again. But he's a bit mellowed down now, and he's putting in some good performances. I uh, think I would uh, rate him. Uh, I think I'm going to be a bit harsh. I think I'm still going to rate him five out of ten. Hmm. Because well, you, of you, ha- yeah. you have to take into account um, the whole package, I think, uh, with Bay, because he just hasn't played enough. Uh, Larry? Yeah, similar to Rojo in that sense, isn't he? Mm. But I think he has the capability of being a starter for United. I think he's a, I personally think he's a better centre-half than Lindelof. Yeah, um, Yeah, his injury record into account, you have to say jury's out. Now, on to a player that I thought was great. I th- well, maybe not great, but a player I really liked. I was really excited when we signed him. Um, but obviously, it didn't in- it didn't work out in the end. But I thought his contribution, again, was sort of better than he was given credit for. But um, Mkhitaryan, and I thought, not the reason, I think it was a decent signing, but the signing that I'll always remember is the guy scored in a European, okay, it was the Europa League, but a European final for us. And I think anyone who scores a goal when we go on to win a final in Europe you're going to remember fondly. And obviously Mkhitaryan scored that second all-important goal against Ajax. But um, here's a signing that I, I think he, he probably does go down, or actually definitely goes down as a failure. But I think not, uh, I wouldn't say in a bad sense. It, it wasn't like we don't hold anything against him. It was just one of those things that never quite worked for him under Mourinho. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I think when he, like when we were in that 4-0 FC period, um, at, it was Mourinho's second season. Mm. He, he was brilliant. Like he was just so good. He was so creative and deadly. And um, but the, I think the issue with him was he just didn't. He had a fallout with Mourinho. That's one hundred percent certain. Uh, and the rumors coming out was he just didn't blend in with the playing group. Not that anyone disliked him. There just must have been like a personality clash. Looking at him, it seems to me like he'd be a bit of an introvert. Mm. Um, again, I don't know him obviously, but. Yeah, to your point, when he played, I actually thought he was quite good. It is a strange one. You'd have to say failure, but in terms of what he did on the pitch, probably overall, I'd say a 5 out of 10. I don't think he was horrible, but it definitely could have ended better. Mm. Vin? Yeah, I would give uh, Mkhitaryan 5 out of 10 too. Uh, especially, like, he got he got us going in the Europa League. He scored, like, probably three or four consecutive games for us in the uh, Europa League, plus the final goal and uh, and who can forget the scorpion kick goal against uh, Swansea yeah. but uh, yeah but in the end yeah we swept a mediocre player for a failure uh, yeah I'm just foreshadowing on what we're going to discuss but yeah uh, five out of ten it is for Hendrik Mkhitaryan now the big man our next podcast assuming that I am allowed out of the house and being able to go to work later this week I will meet up with George who's been on the podcast again and as we always say, if anyone wants to do a podcast or on a certain player, get in touch. And George um, has got in touch and wants to do one on Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So stay tuned for that podcast. Again, if I'm allowed to go to work and see George, um, the jury's still out on that one. But on Zlatan, for what he was, perfect. I thought it definitely success. Uh, success. However, I think that second spell where he got gets injured, he's um, released from his contract and we end up signing him on another free transfer a couple of months later, leaves a bit of, I wouldn't say sour taste, but you know what I mean in terms of his overall sort of career at United. But I think if we just forget that second season and we just look at that first season, I think he's almost an 8 or 9 out of 10, I think. I think he was fantastic. Yeah, Zlatan uh, was a massive, massive signing for us uh, during that time. Uh, he did brought that a little bit of a Cantona type aura when we signed him. Uh, because there was always this uh, mystique around Zlatan, whether he would conquer uh, English Premier League, though he did, but yeah, but scoring 28 uh, for in one season for a club and uh, bringing some smiles and memories back and that attitude, uh, Zlatan was a, a really good signing. I think yeah, I, would, I would call it a success. Just looking at that one season signing, and uh, if it wasn't Mourinho who was uh, managing United at that I'm, I'm quite sure he wouldn't have made it to you. Um, so I would give Zlatan a 7 out of 10. What about you, Larry? Yeah, well, look, if you score 27 goals, I'm not calling you a failure. For a 35-year-old, too, like, he was immense. Again, just looking purely at what he brought on the pitch, 
I thought he was fantastic. I, I have to give him an 8 out of 10. Just that season with United, it was a one season, but I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, no. Um, I look forward to that podcast with um, George on the later this week on Zlatan because such a contribution he had, but it was weird because it was on a free transfer only for a year, then it cut short um, in terms of he didn't play in the Europa League final. But I think that overriding memory I have is that one, the winner at Wembley in the League Cup final. Okay, it was only the League Cup. But um, that winner in front of the United fans, I think it almost justified the signing overall. I'm assuming he was on probably three or 400 grand a week. But um, yeah. Can we not to... forget, he had a belting chance. Oh, yeah, cracking one. Yeah, one of the best ones, I think. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, was there any. Did, did he have two chances? No, I'm thinking of the banner. They remember the Europa League banner where the guy said, if you can stay, you, you can sh- um, shag my wife. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. But yeah. on to Mourinho's second season, obviously, we'll go Zlatan's replacement, Romelu Lukaku. I think overall you say Fally in terms of the way he left. He didn't last too long. But I think in that first season, he contributed well and scored goals. However, especially when Solskjaer came in, it just it was just the wrong player at the wrong time and never quite got going. Yeah, he's, he's a funny one. Um, I don't think he's... You know, This sounds arrogant, and I hate using this statement, but he's just not a United player. I think the way United want to play, I just don't feel like he ever suited that. We've spoken about this before. He's almost like a a big chicharito, um, as my neighbor's dog barks aggressively. Um, But um, I think he was good for what he did. Um, Scored goals. Definitely can't take that away from him. He had a good goal-scoring record. Just didn't work out. Um, His first touch, we don't need to go into it. Um You'd have to say, for me, I'd probably just say a 6 out of 10. I thought he was good, but just faults in his game obviously didn't end well. Yeah, no, 100%. What about you, Vin? I assume it's... Oh, maybe it's a bit different. I haven't spoken to you about Lukaku. Um, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, I would I would give him a 5 out of 10. He was, uh, though he was really good, but uh, again, the way he left uh, our club was uh, pretty... Pretty sad the way uh, he left with uh, with you know burning bridges and stuff. Um, but yeah, Fellaini had a better first touch than Lukaku, and uh, I would probably rate him five. Uh, he did score some good goals for us, but then he didn't finish off uh, clear cut chances. So yeah, good for him that he moved to Inter Milan. Yeah. So now on to another ex-player of Mourinho, who Mourinho then brought and decided to bring in, Nemanja Matic. And I think the one he is probably jury still out. Obviously, it's a big money sign. I think it was over £30 million. Um, we obviously need an extra midfielder. He, he's turned it around the last couple of weeks, and fair play to him. He's obviously earned a contract extension. But I think maybe six months ago, or even three months ago, that would have been a disaster for a lot of fans. But now we're not too um, disappointed with the news. But I think... It's a weird one, Manich. I'd have to say the jury's still out. I think he's been good. He's, he's been sort of what it says on the tin. But um, in terms of maybe what we need and what the team needs, etc., maybe it falls a little bit short. But um, your thoughts, Vin? Well, uh, Nemanja Matic, he the first four months or five months when he came to United, he was really, really untouchable. He was, he was playing really good. And then he got injured and then uh, he fell down the pecking order and then the whole Solskjaer not playing me kind of thing happened. But but the last few weeks, he's really turning up a bit and it's good. It's good. It, I, I can say it's well-deserved that he got a contract extension and probably nurture the young talents. And uh, I would give him a 5.5 out of 10. I'm not sure because I think uh, I can give him 5 or I can't rate him as good as a number 6. But yeah. 5.5 should be good for Nemanja Matic. Larry? I think that's harsh again. Um, I think besides that period um, under Mourinho where it was all unravelling, I thought he was been pretty good for United. I think he really suffered up the cup like a lot of our players did. Just too much football for mm. someone who's, you know, now into his 30s. Um, but you've seen him this season. He's come in and he's played a lot of games. He hasn't dipped off. He's played well. I just honestly think... The, and this is a footballing issue, just the, the football congestion. Oh, what is the football calendar? It's just a lot. Um, no, I think he's been good for United. Just besides that small period, for me, he's a 7 out of 10. Um, mm-hmm. Successful signing. Now on to Larry's favourite player. Uh, I'll let you take the reins, Larry. Lindelof, 10 out of 10. Oh, jeez. 
You're 10 out of 10 for making my blood boil, I'll tell you. Um, all right, I'm going to be sensible about this one. I don't think Lindelof's a terrible footballer. I just don't think he's a starting centre-half for Manchester United. Is he better than Phil Jones? By all means. But I think I'm not much better than... I'm not much worse than Phil Jones, right? So let's not get into that debate. But he's good on the ball. Though I feel like that's even dipped off lately. He's just He lacks physicality. He's not good in the air. He's really good in the channels, which is good against, you know, your Man Cities, your Arsenals. That's when he actually plays well. It's against those sides who play football on the floor. It's when you challenge him in the air. And he hasn't eradicated that weakness from his game. You can't. It's a hard one. I'm going to say he's a 6 out of 10. I, I don't think United win a title with him in the team, but I think as a squad player, he could he could work out. Yeah, well, I think given the situation we're currently in and how, how long he's been at the club, I think you have to say jury's still out. I think it's harsh to really judge a player while they're still at the club. You have to sort of evaluate the whole time. So I think the jury's definitely still out. But, um, yeah, yeah, he's weird. I always think, I don't know why, and I've, people have probably brought it, uh, bored of me bringing it up, but I always say with Lindelof, I think he's one of those players who will look back in 10, 15 years and think, oh, God, do you remember that guy, that Swedish guy we had for those couple of seasons? He never got going, did he? Um, but, again, he, he's, he's got definitely attributes and he's contributing. But um, your thoughts, Vin? Iceman. Yeah, we, we bought him as a ball-playing defender, but I think he's kind of uh, losing his skill set over there too. He's not pretty much uh, up there, and he's, as, as Larry mentioned, he's poor in the air. And uh, yeah, didn't, I don't have much to add on. I'll probably give him a 5 out of 10, but yeah, again, it's it's still he, he still have a 2 or 2.5 two more seasons at United, and probably he can uh, bulk up a bit and uh, you know just sharpen his uh, airball skills, and then I think he can, he can, he can be given a better rating. Well, there's a simple solution for him. I don't know whose decision it was, but who gave him the number two shirt? A centre back shouldn't wear number two. I'm telling you, strip, that, strip that off him, give it to one Outrage. and Lindelof's improvement will go through the roof. I don't know who gave him number two, but someone who would be lucky to get a two out of ten. I think. I don't know, do we just want to say failure, Alexis Sanchez? Oh, jeez. No, can we go in at negatives? Yeah, no, <laughs> anything to really add on him? It's just it's a failure. It's a failure all day long. Anything you could say Jury's out. He's on loan, isn't he? <laughs> well, well, well that's, that's a fair point. I think um, especially in terms of we don't know what effect this coronavirus will have on the transfer market, there's a very, very good chance he could come back to the club. So um, maybe it's not something to laugh at. Maybe we do need to look at the possibility of it happening. Um, uh, honestly, cut your losses. Sell him for free. You honestly, I'm not even joking. Yeah, yeah that's true. Alexis Sanchez... Only I can just uh, say failure. His announcement video was better than his old performance. Oh, uh, go, go back to that morning. I think it was morning time. We saw it here in Sydney. Yeah. The excitement levels when he was playing the piano. Well, we thought we'd win the Champions League that season. I think we had already drawn Sevilla in the Champions League. We thought we're going all the way here. But um, yeah, just trust me. When we signed him, I thought he's going to change the way because we were like still ten or twelve points off City. And I thought, okay, he's gonna pick, he's gonna give us a good fight, but yeah, yeah, only if all dreams. So yeah. Well, I think that's what we said. Larry mentioned at the start. I think any signing, even if we sign Larry and put him as the new number seven for Man United, every single fan around the world would have that hope and sort of believe, like truly believe that it's gonna work. But it's just the, the I don't know, something in a fan's um, brain. I don't know what it is, but. Um, yeah, just I can't get over how bad he was. Like in terms of five-yard passes, you think? You, remember, he used to receive the ball, and he have a player a couple of meters to his right. And you think, okay, he's going to play this pass, but he's not going to make it. Like this pass is going to go astray, and all of a sudden he passes it out for a throw, and you think that's not possible. Um, again, I don't want to work my way, um, work myself up over Sanchez. Um, complete failure. Now on to the eighteen nineteen season. Someone who's definitely turned around would have been a failure or considered a failure maybe a couple of months ago, and I definitely would have put him in that category. But um, he's proven to be quite on the path to a very successful signing. The Brazilian Fred, Larry? Yeah, I agree with everything you've said. He's just taken a real upturn in form. I think someone's just recorded that podcast we did, shared it with Fred, and he's just decided he's going to be a good footballer all of a sudden. But in all honesty... (laughs) <laughs> You're welcome, Fred. Um, I think he's just benefiting from playing consistent football, settled to the tempo and the speed of the English game. 
I think working with Michael Carrick's really helped him and he's said himself he's done a lot of work with Michael and I don't think in terms of reading the game there wasn't better much better than Carrick. Um, and I think that's helped him a lot. He has even stepped in um since Bruno's come in, he's actually being involved a lot in terms of um key contributions to the team. He juries out because obvious to what you said, you just don't know until the, the play is finished. Um and it's been a good few months in what's been two you know, nearly two years. So if he keeps going, I think the next time we do this, he'll be successful. But jury's still out for me. Vin? Yeah, same here. Uh, Pastor Fred, he was he had a very poor start to his uh, career at United. But then, uh, yeah, the last few months, especially this season, him and uh, Scotty uh, partnering up when Pog was, was not around. Uh, he was he was really... Uh, uh, he, the, the improvements were so so visible and so so good that yeah, uh, uh, that makes me give him a five and a half out of ten. But yeah, it's still as I said for Lindelof, the jury is still out. It, we don't know how good he's going to be or how worse he's going to be. So probably we can do one two years from now and see if our ratings were true to it. Well, I think Fred is leader now. I haven't got it in front of me now, but the Pubcast Player of the Season, the three two ones we do after every match, I think Fred's taken the lead in that. So I think just factually, you'd have to say he's a success, if I can get my words out. But um, yeah, I think we'll definitely dedicate a little bit more time to Fred at the end of the season because he definitely deserves it. Now, a weird one here, um, Diego Dello. If anyone's listened to his podcast, I had a very good podcast on the official Man United one. Go give it a listen. But... Um, I think pretty straightforward. Jury's still out. He's a backup right back. He's brought in as a young player. Um, he's done well when he's come in. He's definitely got flaws in his game. But um, on the other hand, if weighing up the whole debate, he's definitely got some quality strengths. So um, a weird one, but I think definitely jury's still out. Anything to add? No, I agree with you. Jury's out. I like him, though. I think he's definitely got something about him. It's just... Um, yeah, it's a weird one. A young sort of backup right back. Um, hopefully, he does well. I'm glad he scored that first goal against Tranmere a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of months ago now, probably. He just can't defend though. He he's just—he's so just not a good defender. He's, I don't think it's not—it's it's not so much a defensive or a defending quality thing or attributes thing. I think he's just slow. But um, I say he's slow, but then he's got this attribute to go past players in terms of when he's got the ball, and you think, well, where did that turn of speed come from? So um, he's a weird one, Delo. Um, anything to add on? The Portuguese fullback, Vin? I still remember Mourinho playing him uh, on a right wing position on yeah. one of the uh, one of those games. I don't remember well, against. It, it, uh, even Solskjaer plays him there a little bit. He he, he does have yeah. that in him, and he's got a very good cross on him to be fair to him. And, and uh, Dalo is the guy who got us the penalty against our win uh, against Paris uh, uh, Saint Germain. Uh, his shot hit did hit the Kimpembe, I guess, uh, in the arm, and uh, that gave us the penalty last season. Uh, but yeah, jury's still out. And um, as much as he's playing now, I would give him a 4 out of 10. Yeah, it's too early to decide. Can I tell you both? Um, I don't know if either of you have watched the match of Ethan Laird, but I'm telling you, he just signed a new deal with United and he is a thousand times better than Delo. He will not be at United next season. I'm telling you. Delo, that is. Big shout there. We'll um, revisit that. Someone clip that up, please, so we can show... Noted. When, when um, Delo leads us to title 21. But, um, on to probably... We'll, we'll finish maybe on probably the most successful signing of the um, post-Fergie era. I think a clear 10 out of 10. Uh, Lee Grant. <laughs> yes, okay. Fantastic signing. Larry, Vin, agree? Uh, yeah, I was too excited. I can't I can't trade him, man. Yeah, no, clear 10 out of 10 for Big Lee. Now... We've we've talked about the so that's obviously up to last season. Then this season, obviously the signings of Maguire, Fernandez, AWB, James, and our Nigerian hero Odion Agallo. Well, now we've talked about them every week. I don't think we need to go into their careers so much at the moment because we do that every single week, and we will uh, will do in the future podcast, assuming the football does return. So I think we'll leave it there in regards to reviewing. Um, players' careers and rating them, because um, I think I think every sign in Solskjaer's made has been a good signing. So I think they would all be in the positives and would agree on all of them. Maybe Daniel James would be the one where you'd definitely have the jury still out. 
But I think before we wrap up, I don't know if we want to give a top three or just an individual. Um, best and worst. Um, Larry, we'll start with you. Um, if you want to give a top three or just a worst um, out of your signings, who's been your worst signing in this post-Fergie yeah. era? Worst signing? That's a, that's a hard one for me. It, I want to say Di Maria simply because of what he could have been. But like I get, I just to be honest with you, the football he played, I actually thought he was really good. Um, you know, you know, one field. Do you remember? You know what the lead yeah, up to Mata's pass, goal? Yeah. That pass by Di Maria was world class. Just saying, like mm. brilliant. Uh, I'm not going to say Di Maria actually. For me, it's between Schweinsteiger. Oh, yeah. He well, sorry, he just didn't play much, did he? Oh, yeah, not, Memphis, not just um, I didn't. Not Sanchez, or is he still at the club? You sort of holding out hope that he's going well, to come back. No, I'm not. Oh, yeah, bloody hell! How could I forget <laughs> Sanchez? It has to be Sanchez. Though. Yeah, I thought that was a straightforward one. That's why I just said uh, a top. Yeah, uh, I know, but you know what? I think the hesitance in me with Sanchez was he's still technically a United player. I don't know if I was allowed to say that, but but yeah, well, yeah, Sanchez all day long. Well, for me, I, I think I could do a top three, but for me, it's just a worst, I think, Sanchez, just for what it represented in terms of the wages he came on it and how that changed a few things in regards to... I think a lot of people sort of throw a lot of shit at Paul Pogba saying, oh, he demands this, he gets gets paid that. Well, don't sort of hold that as poison against Alexis Sanchez, who's doing the exact same thing. So um, for, for what the whole package was when Sanchez arrived, I think he's quite clearly, for me, been the worst signing. Uh, what about you, Vin? Yeah, I would still choose between Di Maria and Sanchez, but I'll go with uh, most likely Di Maria because Sanchez did give us the good performance against the win against City at the Etihad. So, yeah, but yeah, I'll probably get two signings, Di Maria and Sanchez. But yeah, now, well, I think I filled out the top, the bottom three, didn't I? I was saying Schweinsteiger and yeah. Memphis. I think cool. they were pretty bad. Well, we'll try and finish on a positive then, whether you want to do a top three. I think I've narrowed it down to three for me, which is, I think we might all have different ones here, that um, your best signing of the um, post-Fergie era. Maybe this is just personal bias for me. I've got I've got a top three, and I've put Matter in there, and I think his contribution, in, especially in terms of longevity, I think you'd have to put in there. Um, I've got him in there. You guys didn't agree with me when I was saying this at the start of the podcast, but I've got Ander Herrera in there. I think in terms of consistency and sort of what you want from a United player, in terms of comparing him to other players, I think he's there as one of them. And someone here who I was speaking to, Josh, who's been on the podcast as well, I think he's well worth in a mention. I think Fellaini, you'd have to argue. In terms of what he did on the pitch, forget the package, forget everything that came with him, just an on-pitch contribution compared to his teammates... I think Fellaini stepped up big time and, yes, he symbolises a lot that was wrong with United at the time. But um, I have to hold my hat off to Fellaini and I think he's a very good signing. Um, we'll go with Vin, your best sign or your best three signings, whatever you feel is right. My, my top three signings will be Juan Mata, uh, Zlatan and Sergio Romero. Romero is a shout, yeah. Yeah, because uh, Romero is like best backup goalkeeper in the world and yeah he's underrated and undervalued and uh, he always kept keeps his head down and comes in and performs gives us a good performance one one as the europa league uh, by giving us uh, consistent clean sheets and performances so yeah romero goes in and uh, herrera misses out by a slight uh, nudge but yeah it's uh, zlatan mata and romero no interesting that yeah um hard to really disagree at all with that now larry Finishes off with a good one, please. Um, Tony Marshall, number one. Martial, mate. You knew it had to be him for me. Yeah. I, I love him. I think he's a fantastic footballer. One uh, Mata's definitely in there. Important goals. Reliable squad player now. Wonderful footballer. Any hugs? Uh, I've got time for, I got time for a hugger. <laughs> and the last one for me... I'm going to say Herrera as well. I wanted mm. to say Zlatan, but I thought what Herrera brought in, um, particularly every time he played, a major part of that Europa League final and the lead-in, um, even towards the end of uh, last season with Solskjaer, he's really good. Yeah. So, yeah, that's mine. 
Well, there, I think we all agree there on, I think we all had Matter, so I think Matter, there, there we go, the One Matter podcast, I'm not arguing with that, has been our best signing post-Fergie, so spread the word. Um, obviously, don't spread anything else at this time, but we'll go on to the Twitter comments just before we wrap up. We just said the same sort of thing to our Twitter followers, who's been your best, worst, etc., um, Ahmed on Twitter said the best for me is either Herrera or Matter, which we obviously both agree with or all three of us agree with the worst is tough one for him he has Di Maria or Falcao which is we, we mentioned that with Falcao it's hard to ignore sort of what a failure he ended up being Param also on Twitter said the worst one has to be Sanchez in terms of expectations and actual performance he said maybe Falcao too now, Josh, who's been on the podcast, he said, well, he's gone a bit more recent. He's gone the best as being Bruno, a little bit premature, but he's also said that he's been class, but disregarding he's only been here for two months. Um, Wan-Bissaka as well. Worst has been Falcao and Schneiderlin, literally brought nothing to the team. Alok on Twitter said the best has been Bruno, Martial and Wan-Bissaka. The worst, Schneiderlin, Damian and Depay, maybe even Pogba. So he's obviously not a fan. On, I haven't spoken about Pogba, but he's obviously got a different view of Pogba than yourself and me, Larry. And James from Perth has the best being Bruno, Wambasaka, Maguire and Igalo. Um, calm it down there, James. Oh, he's got in brackets, big shout, but yeah, calm it down on Igalo. But I agree, he's probably the best signing. And worst, the obvious choices of Di Maria, Sanchez, and Damian. So thank you for getting involved with that on Twitter. Um, and now it's been going over for an hour. It's good to sit down and actually talk to people rather than having to juggle toilet paper. So um, anything else to add on this week's podcast, lads? Nope. Stay healthy, stay safe. Yep. Just stay safe, stay indoors. So, uh, yeah. Pleasure. Thank you again for joining us, Vin. And we put this out every week um, to any listeners. If you do want to come on and mention anything or give a topic you want to discuss, feel free. Vin messages a couple of weeks ago saying, I want to come on the podcast. All you need is an internet internet connection and microphone, and we can get it done. So, again, this is obviously done in self-isolation and behind closed doors and done over the internet. So, hopefully, the audio has come through nice and clear for all you and hopefully we're giving you an hour's worth of enjoyment in what is you can't hide from it, it's a little bit of a tough time for everyone at the moment it started off as a bit of a joke about toilet paper that now has turned into a very serious issue around the world so again hopefully everyone takes on board what experts are saying in regards to self-isolation and social distance and all other sort of terms we can all sort of poke a little bit of fun at but I think the time for poking fun at those type of terms is over and we do need to take note. So again, hopefully all our listeners are safe and healthy and we will chat to you on later in the week. Hopefully we do that podcast with George looking back at Zlatan Ibrahimovic's season or season and a half at United. So again, thank you boys for joining us. And Cheers, mate. Always a pleasure. Chat soon. Always a pleasure. All right, cheers, Rich. lads. Bye. Cheers.